part two of three. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Triangle Squared. This is a PlayStation-based podcast, and I'm your host, Brett, back alongside me, your other host. Saul Bridges, bringing you lucky episode 36. That's right. Saul, I'm going to talk normal now. Um, yeah, that was creepy. Yeah, yeah, I, it I was. I felt the warmth of your breath on my ear. I just, I wanted to be like, you know, what do they call that? The uh, uh, ASMR? ASMR, oh. right? Where it's like. I've always been curious about ASMR. <laughs> have you, have, do you, you have to have two microphones? I, I think you just have. Well, I don't. I don't know when like you're making multi, it. When you're making it, I'm not sure. It's really weird how. Um, but it's meant to be like softer talking. Oh, I know. Like, it's never worked on me. Never have I. I've watched. I've tried to watch a couple of those videos. It's weird. I don't know. Never has it ever worked on me. Um, it's never worked on me. But to be fair, I don't take them seriously, so I don't even. I, I guess I don't even put myself in a mental spot to where it would work. No, like I remember seeing one on the top page of Reddit, and it was like, "This will give you chill bumps." And it made me annoyed. It hadn't happened yet to me either. It made me annoyed. I was like, I can't hear half of what you're saying. Well, you know what's not and annoying, Saul? Our podcast. The fact that we are a PlayStation-based podcast, it may be annoying to some of you, but we are Triangle Squared Places Podcast. In case you're joining us for the first time, we post every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific and 12 p.m. Central Time on YouTube in video format and on podcast services pretty much anywhere across the globe soundcloud uh, spotify no. that's yeah what it is. spotify, spotify. Is that, that bastard yeah um, the yeah spotify with... they denied us you know yeah we uh we, we took them out for a night on the town ones uh, with wine no them dined them and then they fucked us true um, boss but... fight of kingdom hearts 3 heartless <laughs> they don't care about nobody i did tell hannah the other day uh <laughs> I don't I'll like, tell you in a second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't like how this started. Anyway, if you ever have questions or topics that you would like us to talk about, you can tweet them to us at triangle SQRD is our Twitter. And you can also send them to us in email form at triangle squared podcast spelled out exactly like it sounds at gmail.com. But saw what I was going with is I was messing with Hannah the other day because we were using our little Google home uh, right. and she was getting annoyed at what I was playing. So I was like, uh, Hey Google play Kanye West 808s and heartbreak. And first, thing it did to make me laugh was 808s in heartbreak because you know it's robotic. It fully, yeah fully pronounced 808 <laughs> um but i would tell i was telling Hannah, i was like wouldn't it be really funny if they, if someone just took the entirety of kingdom hearts 2 and just stripped the soundtrack and then just made the whole game have kanye west songs from this album on it like in the final boss fight heartless is playing <laughs> that would be that would be sick would it would like be that. super weird but i would enjoy it the ending and the ending um, cutscene between Roxas, you know, right as you're about to start Sora's arc in two, could be graduation and it'd be flawless. Sounds like we have the podcast kitty somewhere calling along the wall. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, that would be very interesting, but then that would be not 808s, but I'd be all right with I it mean, just yeah, being Kanye it, West across yeah, the board. I was just say, graduate, I, I, would, I would almost graduation. say graduation's the best one, so fight me. <clears throat> 808s and heartbreak. Yeah, see, that's uh, that's where we. You know, it's rare. Line. We're talking about rap, and that's probably the genre I listen to the least of. But I have my moments. Uh, I've actually been on a rap kick a lot lately. Been listening to some Hobson. But this is Hobson's a gaming good. podcast. It is, and I haven't seen you. This is Wednesday, to be fair. Yeah, I haven't this seen has you been since like four Sunday. days. Yeah, uh, we're, like we said, this is the second episode of three where we're going to be recording a weird time. Saul so will be off in uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um, with family this weekend. So because of that, we were recording on a Wednesday. This is the only off day he had this week. So this is another weird short ish. Yeah. Kind of like random episode. No news, no drop. Roughly the same as our well, old. Nah, about, yeah. About an hour. Or so I mean, I'm not expecting to be too short, but so have you done anything since Sunday at all? Um, not productive. Like I've worked, uh, and I've played 
Final Fantasy fourteen and World War Two. The game that everyone apparently wants to play because of you. So you're I'm doing telling a good job. You, I, Liam, I was actually in the middle of typing out you the the tweet um, when you said that uh, we were wanting uh, that you were kind of wanting to play it because of us or me, and um, I would go for it, dude. Like free trial up to level thirty, that could take you quite a while. I mean, if but you, there's if like you some pace everything out. Right? There is some limitations. I know you can't join a free company, which is like a guild. And those are something that you'll almost be in, invited to within the first hour of playing. You'll uh, you'll be walking around, and then a the little uh, chat window will pop up, and they'll either send you a tale, which is like a personal message, or they'll send you, or they'll just shout it out into the world. And free companies are something fun. It's like almost an ongoing chat room between you and your clan, and it's always fun to get involved in one of those. So that is something you will miss out on. But you know, something to get your feet wet. Um, it is a traditional MMO in the sense of that there are dungeons and there is just a lot of weird things you have to learn, quirks about the game. There's a lot of fetch quests, and that is just the way MMOs work. Yeah, but, but that, that's fun. MMO game design to an extent. Yeah. Now, I like it when MMOs find a way to make quests fun. That's why I'm a big proponent, and I used to play it all the time, of RuneScape. I yeah. think they did a good job of making the quest fun and feel important and ever-expanding, where I think a lot of games fail on that. A lot of games have like these one real big, we're going to super animate these, and it doesn't matter if it's animated. If anything, playing the the most recent, you know, uh, playing the little dot hack trilogy that I never got around to with GU, uh, like I mentioned, their their mouths are not fully animated, and honestly, some of it's just in engine, kind of looks bad. But the story is still really good. It doesn't matter what it looks the like. The little quirks, yeah. This is a great example of sometimes games just need to go the extra mile to be a good game in whatever sense they're going to be. And I don't, I'm not saying that Final Fantasy is bad. I, I haven't played enough to be able to to, yeah. to do that. I'm just saying it's a typical failure on MMOs parts. In my opinion, the overall uh, because infrastructure. yeah, because RuneScape still has the grinding nature that a lot of people like about MMOs. Yeah, but in the middle of all that and trying to get this different loot and trying to get money and trying to be rich and all that, it makes sure that quest lines are fun and inventive and like make you get different items and craft things together. And it, See, it's way more fun than a lot of MMOs tells. I mean, like Guild Wars is one of my favorite games. Um, the first one, not right. Guild Wars 2. It's very specific. I, I love Guild Wars 1. I felt like of all the MMOs I've played outside of RuneScape, that one and Silk Road are probably my favorites, but they still have weak stories. Guild Wars had probably one of the better stories. It was uh, The whole aim for it at the time was to be cinematic, but that's something that... It's, it's a reason I can't get into MMOs because you really have to just give your life to the MMO, you know? See, the, Unfortunately, it's why I don't play RuneScape. I mean, I've lost myself to that game enough times that I know not to play it because I won't do anything else. Final Fantasy, I think, there are a couple of MMO quirks you have to get over. Um, if you like to immerse yourself in a world, this is a good world to do it, but you will often see weird-looking people showing off weird-looking armor. Um, you'll see... Um, in one world, uh, for those that do play, it's called Limsa Lamensa, and it is a uh, probably one of the most popular city uh, states in the game. And if you go to the Aetherite Plaza, there's like a shopping center, and there are, in my world, on my server, there are these people who stand there always. I've never not seen them there, and they are wearing, um, oh, I can't think of the name, Moogle helmets. And they are in stances like, that you wait, would see. So where like their head just looks like a Moogle? Yep. Like and the it, mask almost? Yep. Like their head looks like a Moogle mask. And they are almost in a Ginyu Force style stance. They are all like doing weird stances and they're just stay there. And I've never seen them move. I've never seen them not there. I don't know if that's a fake account set up by people who they just have them there. I, I'm i telling you. You think someone just pays $15 a month and has an extra computer just to log on and get in that pose? I don't I don't know. Like I, what? They feel they, they have so much fulfillment from that. I, a group of six people. 
people that just can you force it out? Every time I go, well, I can go, you force with six, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, six or seven. Um, but I go to that specific city state and that Aetherite Plaza to go to the market and every time, and that's often. And every time I do that to go check out the market boards, they're there. And I've never been there, whether it is 8 a.m. here, 10 p.m., 3 a.m. They're always there. I don't know what world they're in. I don't know what it is, but it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> the the actual game, though. What do you think the chances are that it's people that just specifically wait? They see, follow you around, and they somehow know that you're about to leave, and they're like, go, and then they get in the position. That'd be creepy. Um, they specifically do it just to ruin like, your life. I'm like sitting there. Doing, I get done like doing a fate or something. I look over. There's a Moogle person in a bush, and they're like, he's over here. He's not there yet. It'd be creepy, but um, the story is fantastic. It's a whole um, guild of Moogle people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I'm telling you, it's like four, maybe five. That it's like an archway that leads into a, a market alley, and they are there. I'll put, a, I'll take a screenshot of it, and you'll see the screenshot before this goes live. But I will take a screenshot of it tonight or tomorrow and put it on Twitter. I want it, but um, it. it is, it's good. It has a good story, and it feels like a Final Fantasy. I will say it's, it had a good story when I was playing it. It's, it's uh, very, of what I played, but I had the feeling when I was playing it that it was going to be one of those things where you get a story and then you have to do like five levels worth of of, of normal MMO missions and then you get another cool story mission. It, it kind of does that, but it's not locked off by leveling. I mean, you technically you could get to a point where if you're not playing enough, you will hit a point in the story where you have to be a certain level, but I have, I've only done that once and that was, I think, the first time I so ever played. The game doesn't scale though, right? Is there a level requirement for missions um technically yes now your class jobs are every five levels um and that is something you will hit like i started a summoner and i was level five and then to get to level 10 the quest it gave me got me like level seven and i could not do level 10 quest until i was a level 10 summoner um but i just swapped back over to my level 50 black mage and then carried on with the main story um and but it's good it it will take some time getting used to if you guys do jump into it there is a lot of stuff that you have to get to used with like the buttons and the hud and um there is some stuff that you can do that i would recommend on making the hub better i mean hud better you can scale uh, the crossbar thing down um but it's it's certainly worth the free trial just to see if you don't like or if you like or don't like it. Um, but other than that, I've been playing World War II. Still a really solid game. A lot of bad mechanics in the game though. Um, Unfortunate like spawning. I, dude, I, I can't tell you how many times I've spawned and have been in combat within like three seconds of spawning. Well, it's not really a mechanic, I guess. That's just it's bad. Oh well, yeah, it's bad spawn. Yeah, not, uh, I can't yeah. remember what they call that, but. There's it's, an algorithm it's, it's that a, determines it's a bad game uh, flaw that that has. Like it's it's the spawning sure. and it's. Um, it's just, it feel it's really, really fun when you have a good match and it's really, really annoying when you have a bad one. But, um, that's really been it. I started persona five today, but I'm, I've played that before to the point where I'm at. So, so you're off all day. Today, nothing right? to, yeah. Yeah. Ch- uh, changed my tire and, um, started playing persona, um, and then played a little bit of five fantasy 14, but then played a lot of call of duty world war two today. Okay, um, cool. I got to the point in five fantasy 14 where there is 12 man dungeons and that's where it gets hectic. And the th- thing about that is, is that people are grinding for certain weapons and relics and stuff in that dungeon. It's since it's level fifty, and uh, it's I've never had done that dungeon, so we kind of just rushed through it. So I was kind of like trying to keep up, trying to realize what's going on, like you know. And being DPS is pretty easy because that same dungeon is why I stopped being a tank because I could I did not want to have to worry about leading people through this dungeon. So. I got uh, you. It, you know what's this is a quick aside. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, you're good. <clears throat> Another one of the reasons I loved um, Guild Wars, in specific, <clears throat> is that it was a buy once, play forever game. 
Yeah, yeah. Now see, uh, and I really, really, I that that's what I want. I get that there's reasons as to giving them money. Server maintenance is one thing. Yeah, uh, but I think if they find ways, because every every MMO has microtransactions, they have, they have for a long time. Um, and see, this one's put into something like you, when you turn the game on, it goes into the launcher and you have to log into the launcher. Then it goes to the main menu of the game. Um, all that stuff, it's called the Moogle station. All that's on the Moogle station. Something that honestly, I've never even looked at. Like I know they're yeah, there. No, you can, you can um, avoid them. Yeah. They're, yeah but they're, they're just there. I'm saying yeah, every one of them never, has it. And that's, that's a way for them to get extra money. But, uh, that's one of my favorite things about Guild Wars. It was buy once. And then when they came out with expansions, you bought the expansion. Obviously, if you wanted to play the expansion and Guild Wars had a ton of expansions, I just wish they would have been able to keep that up because Guild Wars 2 was the same. I think I don't remember there being a monthly subscription for it. I think it was buy once, play forever. And see, I, this is the first MMO and the only MMO I've ever actually That's right. played. You never did you ever even play RuneScape? I'll, I keep going no. back to that game. It's just it was a being a kid. For a lot of people, it was their first one. Being a kid, I did not like the click point and click aspect of RuneScape, so I, I never I played you. that. I but you. I played WoW up to like a level nine Blood Elf. I think is what that class was called, and that was also part of another free trial I did when I was like fourteen. 15, I've maybe. never been able to do well. It wasn't. Blaze it, loves it. Yeah, it wasn't super fun, but I also was 15 or 14, so I didn't exactly and you also didn't, know what I was doing. That's also, a, I mean, it's not very far in the game. I played until like level 20, still not very far in the game, and I didn't enjoy it either. Yeah. But, um, but okay, so what about you? I've rambled on about MMOs way too much. Well, I have had some unfortunate situations, though. Um, as for what I've been playing, I have been playing. Almost exclusively dot hack. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I did play a little bit of VR last night. Um, Skyrim. What are these <clears throat> unfortunate situations? Uh, so it seems that with my cabinets needing to be replaced, that's that's separate from this. Right. That's one thing I'm worried about. Uh, I think the power supply on my PS4 Pro might be going out because my PS4 Pro has turned itself off like three times now in the middle of a game with no reason not overheating so fully off or to sleep mode fully off wow and then i have to hit the button and then hit the power button again it won't let you turn it on with the controller have to hit the power button on the console twice with a pause in between the hits for it to even come back on and then it says that the system was turned off uh improperly yeah Google it. it's an issue that is at least big enough to have warranted a uh, a threat about it and everybody's consensus seems to be that it's something That's internal and you have to send the System off to get it repaired. So I may be going back to my 20th anniversary PS4 for a little bit while I get I'm, this one fixed. Or I may just buy a new PS4 Pro and get... Uh, apparently, they're way too expensive now. I was I was like, I may get the Monster Hunter one, but they're sold out everywhere. People sell them on eBay for like $700. I'm grateful I have another PS4 in my apartment. If that yeah, I mean, to me ever happen to I do me, too. I'm immediately going to grab that, cloud save everything down, back down, and just immediately... Just unfortunate. It. Now, it hadn't happened to me in a couple of days now. I meant to bring it up last episode because it, it, it happened the first time, but I wasn't sure what it was. It's on a surge protector, right? <clears throat> no, uh, it's, well, it's it's on a power strip, but not a surge protector. Oh yeah, get you a surge protector, my boy. Uh, did, did you see where Xbox One X Microsoft was uh, advising you not to plug it into a surge protector? That sounds like that's a scam. Like, don't plug your thing in. Pay us if, money. To I get don't it fixed. know. I can't remember seeing the reasoning why. I don't even think they mentioned it, but it was apparently like it could cause problems. Which I don't That's know why it would really unusual, but people were like, "What?" I don't think I've ever heard of a company saying, "Don't plug, plug your electronic into a search protector. protector." Yeah, um, but so uh, so. Really, dot hack is all you've been playing, though. Yeah, that's it. So interesting. I've not really been playing Vita. Um, I, I've been pondering, and I mean to tweet uh, Drinkbox and 
ask them out of curiosity why uh, Guacamelee 2, which I'm hugely excited for, is only on the is PS4. Skipping Vita and going to PS4 instead. It's is unfortunate. It on I don't think so, but I don't know. I, I don't remember whenever I looked up the whenever they announced it. I was just like, "Hey, PS4," because that's of what I have. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be playing it on. Right. Even if it's on Switch, I'm playing it on, on PS. I'm playing it on PlayStation. But it's unfortunate because I really they're a they've been a big proponent of Vita and, and games uh, for a long time now. I mean, their first games were out on Vita, uh, the Mutant Blob games. But um, yeah, man, uh, I guess. I've been just kind of like, I'm super excited for it. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, but it's not going to feel right to me because I played the entirety of the first game on the, uh, on the Vita. And I just, I feel like it's going to be weird playing that game again or playing a game that's so similar, um, on PS4 instead. It makes me wonder, I want to ask like, it was their vision for the game too ambitious for the Vita to run? Or are they just trying to step away from the Vita because they know it's on a decline. Yeah. I, I don't, I, to me, I guess I don't get the hurt. Uh, I, I don't see why it would have hurt for them to do exactly what they did with the first game and just cross release it. Something super interesting that I did not know, but I'm not exactly surprised because I know it's on the Android and uh, Apple store. Severed, on, Severed Switch. on Switch. Not yeah. surprising at all. Drinkbox did a ask us anything on um, Reddit. And I'm curious as to if that was to kind of plant the little seeds of uh potential developers for the switch not, who knows though i'm sure i mean they're 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 a great they're a very developer at this point i mean yeah. i'm not gonna say they're just absolutely huge but they have a they have a following yeah and they have since the vita and they were very supportive on the vita and, and that following will likely just move with them wherever now so i mean it, it's it's fine uh but so that's all about it's about all i've been doing sadly um so for those who are tuning in for the first time maybe ever um this is going to be a different episode part two or three where we have no news no drop Instead, though... We technically said that, but continue. Uh, did we say that this episode? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go, then. This episode, you're going to find out that Saul repeats himself, because sometimes he zones out when Brett talks. Not all the time, though, but just sometimes. And Rude. then you find out... You'll find it out, because I'll repeat what Brett has said. <laughs> so today, I think we're going to go through some Twitter follower or tw- uh, Twitter mentions, and uh, yeah, we kind of is- got some... Some random topics today. It's not necessarily one stretched out topic, but we're going to kind of go over the Games Award. and Yeah, PSX. we're going to do some reader mail right now. So And, uh, yeah, so. Okay, so let's see. What is going on? What, with your glasses? I know, like, my, the bridge of my nose just became insatiably itchy, and I don't know why. I don't know. But, Saul, oh I actually God. like this topic. I, I don't know if I want to go with five game franchises. I think I can scale it down to three or maybe even one. I saw that. I don't even know if I can <clears> do five. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, to really think about it. But, okay, so this is from Alabama Gamers. Uh, their topic is, you each take over development for five game franchises to make them more likable to you personally because you did not like the last game or games. What franchises are you taking over, and what are you changing? That actually ties mm-hmm. into another question that somebody has asked us about sequels, and I think it was today. Yeah, it was. Um, that ties into where, honestly, a lot of things that I have played that have a long running sequels. I've pretty much liked to a good degree and not really considered changing much about them or I wouldn't have played them. I guess I could say like I did not get to play dead space three, but see, and if you were to ask what I would change about that, honestly, that series, you know, I don't have a huge qualms. A lot of people had qualms with three and never had qualms with three. I could see how people would want more horror aspect and slow it down, but I can't really input on that. Now, if I was to say a series that I really do enjoy that could benefit from multitude of changes, really, it would be the Call of Duty franchise. You know, get that stuff boots back on the ground like World War II. World War II plays great. Um, and this is going to be tricky because it goes over multiple developers, like Treyarch, Sledgehammer, and um, 
Infinity Ward. Infinity Ward. Um, but yeah, like those games, they remove all microtransactions from that, and I know that's not going to help. But um, well, I'm going to say some stuff about that, which is uh, I've been saying it for a little while. I think I even mentioned it last episode, but um, I guess we'll go off on a small tangent there right now. The problem with removing specifically removing microtransactions from games. Removing uh, this. This is Aim Towards Battlefront. Removing pay to win. Yes, I was. Okay. Gonna, yeah, I was going to say because, removing microtransactions that give you benefits over other sure, people in multiplayer. Sure, um, that but pay to win. going over exactly why some people want microtransactions to be gone completely, and the only reason I got to tell people that I mean is it comes down to a thing where if they do that and there's no more, uh, you know, completely extra income for them outside of the initial purchase of the game. <clears throat> Excuse me, and like DLC and small stuff. Anyway, if they do not get that kind of influx uh, on the thing, oh my, this is so off center. I don't know if I hit the table or what. Probably did. I didn't. I set that up, so that's probably me setting it up. <laughs> anyway, unimportant. Um, Sorry, I'll but if they do that, one thing that people just take for granted is that games are so cheap right now, and they just are. I mean, they have been. They've not changed. In, me and me and Ryan were having this conversation. I think They're the other day. Sixty bucks. Like positive. The They've been sixty dollars. I mean, the last time that you saw games increase was from the PS2 to PS3 gen, it went up $10. PS2 games brand new were 50 PS3 games brand new were 60 You did not see a price increase this gen. And I think that... And like, games are more expensive to make now than they've ever been. That's yeah. just true. It's a fact. Um, it's amazing how some developers that have games so, like that are full price, and I may be wrong, The Last of Us had no... Not pay to win, but any microtransactions did. It did. I'm fairly okay. positive. I think That's it has curious cosmetic about. ones. Um, but... That's neither here or there. That's a, a good question. I'm not quite sure. I'm fairly positive it did not. I mean, I'm fairly, fairly positive that it did. Um, but in terms of a, a lot of people kind of just like go to war when people say this, but honestly, game prices should probably be more than they are, yeah. or at least more than they are on a game-by-game basis. Because I mean, it's interesting that I'm saying that games are more expensive than they are. Games are cheaper than they've ever been, and they keep, they're in ways they're getting cheaper. Ratchet and Clank, $40. And like Hellblade, Crash Bandicoot, forty days, forty dollars. Uh, Hellblade, thirty dollars, thirty, and 30, they were smart, yeah. uh, pulled that back. But there's been plenty of games that were forty. Uh, Nac Two, I think, was a great game for forty dollars. Uh, there's been a lot of forty dollars releases that I think were just smart on Sony's part to do. Uh, and there's been, I think, a couple. Of, like, Recore from on Xbox was forty dollars. Yeah, something um, like that. <clears throat> So, yeah, games are getting cheaper, but they're trying to experiment with what a game's value is versus what they think the market will be more likely to accept it at cost-wise. And then, and then weird but, kind of <clears throat> points in there, like length of the game, multiplayer. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. I mean, uh, but realistically speaking, games are more expensive to make now than they ever have been, even in the PS3 gen, and yet they still did not get a price increase. Yeah. Uh, games as a form of entertainment are cheaper per hour out of usual gameplay experience that you get. The entertainment per hour cost is honestly cheaper in gaming than it is in any other form of entertainment that's major like movies or television. Um, Excuse me. So people want to complain and go games are too expensive or if games get, if games go up in price are too expensive. But realistically speaking, I expect them to go up with it, whatever the next generation is by probably $10. Yeah, ten or twenty. And honestly, if they go up, but if they go up seventy dollars, I'm okay with that. And like I said, I think there are games that justify a bigger price point. I honestly, I mean, it's a great deal that they were able to release The Witcher three at sixty dollars. But I honestly think they could have hit eighty or even a hundred dollars and been okay. I think a game that I personally would have been okay with paying more than twenty dollars for, I think is its price. Uh, Terraria, I would have paid sixty dollars for that. 
Yeah, I, that to me, I got so much out of that game that it was a full. It it was worth more than some full cost releases that I play these days. Yeah, it wor- it worries me <clears> for the people who can't afford these kind of games. It, exactly, so it becomes it, to be a thing because it kind of splits them all from the general fan base of those games too, which is never good. It's, it's weird. It, it, there's a lot to it, but honestly, games might go up. So I'm just that was a quick aside, and I, it really wasn't quick, but I just wanted to mention that because people are complaining about microtransactions, but right now. They are kind of just filling in and delaying the raise of of a price of gaming because they have some form of extra income, right? And by microtransactions, Um, I mean I mean pay to win. I'm fine with Overwatch or over Overwatch Overwatch style loot boxes for cosmetics. I'm fine with that, Um, and you know I'm not fine with pay to win, and that can always die. I don't care who it is. I don't care if Destiny today. Came out and said, you can get this new pulse rifle that's better than anybody else, but you have to buy it with a bright Ingram. I'm done. Like, I'm already pretty much done with that game until it gets fixed. And that leads me to the other point of his question is, like, what other, like, development would I change uh, for the betterment for myself? That would be Destiny. And all I'm going to say to that is, Bungie, listen to the player base. I've read so many comments, so many threads that have pointed out problems with the game and how to fix it, and Bungie just needs to listen to well, these Well, the, the how complaints. to fix it is a little more murky because the people who are suggesting these things do not know how the game works and a million different things that they may not understand. So, well, but, some of the things are as easy as going back to Destiny 1-style things. Sure, sure. And, and, that's, then and some that of would it, work. Some of it comes down to it's a balancing act. I mean, right. they... While some people, are, there may be the, the these this vocal minority that has one problem that they're really just harping on. You're seeing it online; it seems like it's big, but the rest of the people are happy. And then you change it from the rest of the people that are happy that aren't being vocal about it. Do they suddenly become vocal because you changed something they liked, but they just didn't care to express that they liked it? Well, some you know what I mean. Some, like, it's a weird balance because anything you do, you risk alienating part of the uh, of the fan base. Well, something so as simple <laughs> as hand cannons on the PC version have no bloom. But in the consoles, they do. There's no reason there for that, really. Have like, no bloom? Yeah, like when they shoot the reticule and stuff and the accuracy, which in after the second shot, that shouldn't, like, and, and on PC, you're already more accurate than you are with a controller. So, like, let us be more accurate with the controller. Uh, they didn't have bloom in Destiny 1. And if they did, they still played better than they do now. That's something they can easily fix. And that's been an outcry since almost day one. Since oh, wow. almost day one, hand cannons have been seen. I'm a big and, hand cannon guy. So. Yeah, I love hand cannons. And I've seen tons and tons of people say, like, hand cannons even better. But generally, that, like, just Bungie, do what Jeff Kaplan and the guys over at Blizzard do with Overwatch. Take in what the community's saying and at least put together and piece together and apply what will work. Because it just, a lot of it needs and to be And be more fixed. transparent, which I feel like they're getting better on. Like, I, when, I, when there's a problem, admit there's a problem. Say, hey, here's a problem. Here's what we're going to try and do to fix it. Uh, work with us. It may not work the first time. It may, you know, we're, it's it's a balancing act. Yeah. Work with us. We'll work with you. I have seen. I used to have well between me, you, Joe, and like four others, plus RJ, and then a couple other people. I had at least eight to nine people on my friends list on Destiny every day, and I have not seen those people on Destiny since, including like two Joe. Weeks. Including Joe, and that's, that's the, the big one. That right there I is played the Destiny big like a one. Month, and when he's not on, more. he's playing Crucible. He's not playing the actual game. He's playing, or you know, the the PVE. He's playing Crucible. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So like, as far as like that question for Alabama gamers, not I haven't really thought about that in any sense of the word or any kind of sense of the topic or question. Um, deeply at least for me to remember it at this point, but um, 
I could definitely see some good points being made for other franchises. I'm gonna that say I don't play. there's one that already kind of happened for me. I wasn't a big fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Yeah. Uh, and they've kind of gone back and added everything I want. I, I like games that are personally, I like games that are more RPG-ish. They've added a skill tree. They've added gear. Not necessarily to the level that I'd like them to add gear, but as a first as a first attempt and a first go, I like it. Uh, if in whatever game they do next, they can fully expand that to where you have different helmets and different clothes and stuff like that, and they can really find a way to work that in. Kind of Witcher style, I think that'd be really cool. Um <clears throat> Trying to think of like other big franchises that I really just am not a big fan of. Um, it's it's hard to it's hard to really think because you know you kind of ignore games that you don't like all that much, and you just like and sometimes you mean, you're it's like, easy to ignore. Well, it, but it's like and I get what he's trying to say, but I think it's sometimes it's like you don't even think about a game in that direction because a lot of the times the games that I don't like, okay, like I typically don't like turn based games. But I'm not going to fault the game, even in my own mind, as for being turn-based and think it should be something else. Well, I think his question was is that... <clears throat> like, uh, how would you change it to make it better for you? I get that. Um, <clears throat> can you read it? But it, it, how do you make it better for you? I'm not, and I guess he's saying that they're not bad games just because we don't like them. Well, he also said last game, which makes me which makes me wonder if this was aimed towards prequels. Uh, like if, if, if there's or a sequels. series. Well, I mean, because he's saying it's a series. Like, yeah. You know, they're franchises. Yeah, like a It's series. obviously not a franchise are not typically considered a franchise if they only make one and then they're kind of done with it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's a lot of people think of franchise as more of a series oriented word. So with that being said, it's hard to really think about series that I would really sit there and just change. Cause a lot of them are just fundamentally different than me instead of it being like small, easy tweaks to do. I mean, you could go out on a limb, I guess. And you could say like, I would like to see a very, very cinematic story driven Zelda game, but that's kind of not in the, Vein of what Zelda is. I mean, I've said it a plenty of times. I think Breath of the Wild is <clears throat> a fine game. It's just overrated, uh, in my opinion. I think that people gave it a lot of points for doing things that games have been doing. Some people say, oh, well, it's putting it all together. Still didn't feel all that good, and the game gets very repetitious quickly. The main goal of the game is honestly, you just find yourself kind of just washing and repeating, going, okay, I'm going to go from this shrine to this shrine to this shrine to this shrine. It becomes a big part of the game because the game kind of pushes you to want to do that yeah you can just go through and play the story but the game wasn't near as narrative driven as they made it seem like in the trailers when they finally showed voice acting they were like you made it it made it seem like it was going to be a very narrative driven experience and then it just wasn't i think the game series did a whole lot better being more aimed at uh the kind of whimsical top down just do something i think that link between worlds was just a much better game in every sense of the word i think it was a more concise game it was shorter sweeter to the point honestly thought the story was better from the story i didn't beat Breath of the Wild, but I got through three of the Sacred Beasts. I, yeah. And even throughout that part, I just wasn't having very much fun with it. Um, definitely once you figure the mechanics out and the fun of learning the mechanics, it really just dropped on me. So, I mean, I, that's about one of the only things I'd say is take a, 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 take a game, a franchise like that, and just kind of change it up. Like, Sonic, I guess, is one. Like, I didn't play Forces, so I have no real word to say on that. But the 3D Sonics have been doing kind of bad. Um you know, I, changing I, that up, I think it would be making a, a cooler story and kind of trying to dial back and do what's good about controlled. Like, I, I don't think that they need to be open world 3D platformer for me personally. I don't like that. Uh, it's why I'm, I, I already don't like Mario. I definitely don't want Mario Odyssey. It's why I, I liked Jack and Daxter to an extent, but I liked it more when it got towards being more of an action game than a platformer like the first one because while it's a fine game, Open world 3D platformers, their cameras just really get in the way of the platforming. Yeah. 
So I, I mean, could see that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I still love them, but I could see where I could see your complaint with that. Like, like Nat Two this year just showed me a, a great example, and Crash Bandicoot games being re released of games that have very tight camera control and and give you a camera shot that lets you understand how you're going to make your jump instead of swinging around every time you're doing something or you moving it around while you're trying to make a jump and then messing yourself up because your depth suddenly looks different now that you've jumped and you've swung the camera. There's a lot of things to be said. I mean, I just, I, my personal opinion, I think 3d open world platformers have never been just a strong suit, uh, in gaming, but I know other people feel differently. I just, I feel like they play very awkwardly and clunky, uh, in comparison to controlled camera games. Uh, specifically in platformers though. So. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We, I know no fate had a really good one and that's kind of, yeah. well, well let's see real quick because I want to see uh, Sean Santa rude uh, real quick. Just kind of tying off that other one was the how about games uh, sequels that ruin perfectly good series. Um, I think that everything that really happened in the crash series post uh, crash team racing was just a slow decline. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to say there wasn't anything good about them, but I definitely would say that the Mind Over Mutant and Crash Twin, uh, Crash um, of the Titans were two games that were just... I'm going to have to look at my trophy. Not great uh, and really, really just nailed the coffin in what I really liked about Crash Bandicoot games. Uh, so those are definitely one of them. I don't want to say it ruined a good series, uh, but I definitely would say a sequel that was just weaker was still a really good game. And I enjoyed it, uh, and I don't hate on it near as much as other people do, but I do think there's something to be said about God of War Ascension. It was the probably weakest God of War game uh, to date that was at least a, an actual you know console game or even the handheld ones. I thought that the two handheld games actually were much better games uh, than um, Ascension, personally. So. I know it's I know it's controversial, but I thought Watch Dogs 2 was garbage and i thought watchdogs one was really good that is so. a that's definitely a flip of opinion i don't actually have a lot of problems with watchdogs one other than the slightly too serious of a tone to the point where it was almost comical um Talk about watchdogs one watchdogs one yeah i could see uh, that watchdogs one had that little special feature though that had the tablet yeah. or you could use a phone and you can have somebody race through the police and you can set traps for them yeah it was super fun and then the pvp was great but the rest of the game was the first one was an interesting take like an interesting idea, and I feel like the second one was Ubisofting it a little too much. Oh, um, what is the third Borderlands game called? That that's not really the third. The pre sequel. That one killed the series for me. That really? game was garbage. Yeah, I did not like the humor in that game. Didn't it play it, so it, I have no. Real... It wasn't to me. Once again, my opinions wasn't nearly as funny to me as Borderlands Two was, um, or even Borderlands One for that matter. Um, I didn't feel a good. Really, I, don't, I hate the phrase now because it's become a meme. But sense of accomplishment um, that the game did, uh, I didn't. I didn't like a lot of the game itself. Um, but really, where do you stand on Final Fantasy Fifteen? Yeah, that's one. I I don't consider those. It is weird because I don't consider any Final Fantasy games other than, than the actual ones that have the standalone sequels part of the same franchise. I know it is, but it's just as to me in my mind, it's like that. You're thinking of more of a traditional sequel where like it carries on a story. Yeah, yeah, because that one to me, like yeah, <laughs> Final Fantasy, and even then, when replaying Final Fantasy 15 uh, like a month ago, I could see where it is a good game. It's just not a game I could enjoy because yeah. So it, it, it in a, in a sense, it ruined the franchise for you, even right. though that's not really where your brain went. 
Yeah, okay, I see that, and, I, and it, it didn't it didn't ruin the franchise for me by any means. Hold on, yeah, I, hold on. I just realized what you said. It didn't ruin the franchise. Well, for I, me. It, but I'm saying not in the same mindset. It's oh, not okay. making you go, oh, no more Final Fantasy. It's just yeah, certainly it was, not. It was the first time in a while that you played a Final it Fantasy. It pushed game me to another like, Final Fantasy. <laughs> as a matter of fact, so that's interesting. But yeah. I'm going through my trophies right now, and as far as like bad sequels, um, ooh, oh, you Metro. know what? I'm not gonna. What's one? Metro. I did not like. Now, granted. I'm going to replay these games. Hold again. on, are you telling me right now that that last light, last light, ru- ruined? It did 2033 not, for you, or ruined the franchise? It, it did not ruin. I will say that Get 2033 was such a good game that last light, the first couple hours were so dull to me that I did not want to play it. Get out of 2033. Maybe because you played I, them back to back. It no no no. I don't think it had to do with that, and it might have, but like it also had to do with you also um, played 2033 in a completely different state than its launch date that's true I, played, I say completely I played, re, but it, but I played redo it brought some of the mechanics back uh which was interesting so i mean i don't know i, I that's interesting i can't believe you'd say that i thought last light was really good and i'm excited and I, I'm, for gonna exodus. Give a, I'm gonna oh yeah me too i'm gonna give a second chance before exodus but Whew. just that was something that was like man i really missed the first one. Oh damn i had one and now it's gone i can't remember what it was oh I was gonna. Th- I was trying to think of a Metal Gear Solid uh, title, but then oh, I, then Metal I thought, Gear Solid Five. No, that ruined the franchise for me. Actually, um, I'll go as far as to say Ground Zero has ruined the franchise for me. Well, I was gonna say Five is the last. I'm pretty sure that unless Konami. No. Well, you know, survive. No. Well, no. But you're talking canon. I'm talking sequel. about Kojima. Oh yeah, that's the last one. Kojima. Kojima Are you still waiting be. for Death Stranding to be a Metal Gear game? I am. That's the real Metal Gear Solid Five because Metal Gear Solid Five is Metal Gear Solid V, V for Venom. I'm telling you, I swear. You're crazy. I will. I will make a, a video of me saying "Yeah, boy" for 30 minutes straight. If that's the case, <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. But uh, right. I, well, I was thinking. I, I thought I was like, Metal Gear Solid didn't really have a game in the series that disappointed me so much that it tainted the series. And now, then I thought of Metal Gear Acid, and I was like, you know what? Those games are really fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> like to anything, it's like, man, I wish I had a PSP to go back and play yeah. Metal Gear Acid One and Two. All right, let's see. Moving on to uh, No Fate. So the other Sean, Sean One Neos. His was the PS4 brought a much needed, uh, wanted party chat feature that the PS3 lacked, meaning we can now arrange better game nights, playing games together, or just hanging out while having our own individual experiences. But we don't do any of this now that we have the option. Thoughts? Okay, I actually am on a completely different side of this. I think that now that the option here, I see a lot of people on my friends list using it. I it, only use that. I do. I never use in-game chat. Oh, no, no. But he's Ever. not even talking about that. He's. I think he's talking about from the fact that it's there, but a lot of people just don't use it at all. And I would say more often than not, I'm in that party. I, I'm in that camp. I don't use party chat all that much. I only use it when it's necessary. But I love it when, it, when I need it. Yeah. Like, you know, when we decide to play Diablo and Donovan doesn't come over here, instead we play online. Or like when he lived in Alabama and we had to play. Or Destiny for that yeah. matter. Uh, it's like we wouldn't use Destiny's uh, actual game chat. We would use the party chat. Me and RJ had to one night because of uh, NAT, NAT issues, issues with one guy. That is that is the thing is that every now and then you'll get that one person with the, the closed NAT, and it's like it messes everything up. Yeah, it kicks so, everybody out and uh, adds them back, and you can't hear nobody. But yeah, so, I, I like it. I certainly think that uh, – I think it's useful. It's def- It definitely was needed to for that to survive. And for I think for oh, the PlayStation wouldn't to have done survive as well. in, a, in a multiplayer universe – it has to have. It. Well, because like you gotta think about this. What are some of the biggest games? Minecraft. That's a game people like to play with their friends. You want to talk? You want to chat with them while you're each playing at your own house. Bam! You need party. There you chat. go. All right. 
And I don't even think that game. I mean, think does that game it. even have ingra- integrated uh, party t- integrated game chat? I, I don't I, think it does. I don't know. I've always been a party chat. I've yeah. never, I never tried. Um, another perfect example of that. One of the best selling games of this generation. And I think best game selling game of all time now, Call right? Grand Theft Auto Five. I was going to say Call of Duty Five. Yeah, Grand Theft <laughs> but Auto Grand Theft Auto Five. That's a game that you're going to play. and You're going to want to specifically play with your friends, and you're going to want to be able to talk to them. Uh, Call of Duty games are a good example of that, though. The well, Destiny see, games are a good example of that. And and, and we. RJ can vouch for us, and even Ryan can vouch for us, is that when we play games, we don't always focus on the game chat as the game chat. We focus, we have random conversations, we talk about movies, TV shows and stuff. You can't necessarily do that in an open-ended chat because you'll have somebody just calling you all kinds of vulgar words because you're talking in their in their chat. And that kind of goes back to what he's saying is like, you know, it makes it easier to arrange like playing games together and just hanging out or even hanging out while you're having your own experience. That's not something I do often. I've seen people do chats where they're all playing different games, and they're all, I'm like, "How the hell are you doing that, dude?" Do you remember like when we, like two months ago, maybe a month ago, we were all playing Destiny Two. I was still in party chat making them bomb ass breakfast burritos. Like I was in the <laughs> kitchen cooking up breakfast burritos, and I was still in party <laughs> chat. It's amazing. You were. They were good breakfast burritos. Let me tell you, get some of that. Get, get that breakfast sausage, some eggs. You know, it's the end of November. Sauce. That's been about two months ago. Cause I haven't played this. I haven't played uh, Destiny this, in about two months now. Yeah, this. I don't think I. I have. I did play it around Halloween, because the ha- not having Festival of the Lost made me really sad. Oh yeah. I yeah. am really, really curious and cautiously happy or for excited dawning. for dawning this year. I'm cautiously happy that or cur- cautiously excited that that game becomes what Destiny One was after Taken King. I got you. I really, really hope. But yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I think that the feature was definitely needed, and I think if it came back around that the PS4 didn't have it, it wouldn't have been near as big as it was uh, because people wouldn't have... Friends help sell consoles definitely in early days when people are trying to make the decision. They want to make the decision based off what their friends are playing. When their friends are playing and they want to play with them and talk to them, it was definitely an issue on the PS3 that they couldn't. You had to find weird ways around doing that, and you didn't want to use the party. You didn't want to use in-game chat ever because there's a million other people, and you can't... When you play games like that, sometimes you just want to be able to chill. So it's a nice feature, and while I don't use it all the time, I appreciate it for what it is. I think it's very important. Now, he did come back and add, I'm curious to find out if others feel the same or if my friends and I are just getting too old to spend time together. Definitely happens. And then his other thing was maybe better storytelling in games leaves us wanting less distractions. And that is absolutely the reason I do it very little. When I play games, I'm so I play so many story-driven games I already don't like distractions in my own house. I want to be able to play the game and understand what's going on and take it in. That's why I play games. It is my main form of entertainment and storytelling. Dude, that is my biggest kryptonite right there. I was, and and I had already played through the first five, ten hours of Persona 5. um, And I'm replaying it now. And I just thought, I was like, let me listen to a podcast. And then like, I was like, man, I really like this music. So I closed off the podcast and I was like, I'm bored. Like I wasn't bored, but I was like, I need something else. Like when I'm playing Call of Duty, I have videos on YouTube over there. I'm listening to and stuff. So you're multitasking in such weird ways because yeah. you're doing something that is not having mentally engaging. It's or I say that it's not mentally engaging from like a, oh you're taking in something that you haven't pay attention to. It's more skill based. Yeah, and, and like you're, you're, you're able to skill you're able to skill based things without having to worry about what's going on, yeah. on the screen. It's more you're seeing something and you're reacting to it. Well, and I'm time. missing and I'm missing out on features that I want in the game, like the voice acting and the soundtrack like with persona 5 if anything and we'll get into this here in a second the soundtrack of persona 5 needs an award on its own i think it but did get nominated for it, okay it does it, we'll check yeah we'll check here in a second you go but, ahead i'm gonna check but uh well i would say soundtrack soundtrack or narrative and i know it's not narrative and that's what makes me mad but um yeah it is in narrative oh, no never mind hold on 
No, it's not narrative. Not narrative. Good. Um, yeah, it, it does deserve to be an art direction, though. That's for sure, because that game is gorgeous. Yeah, it's it, it has a thing in best score music. Yeah, good. Okay, um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So like, if I'm trying to play Persona Five, um, or when I was playing The Witcher Three, or what was the last big open ended game I was playing that I really wanted headphones on? And like, that's one thing is I sit there with headphones on and I'm playing these games, and it's to me, it's almost, it's almost like an ADD kind of thing where like I need something else. And then I'll lose focus on what I'm listening to, like the story or something, so I close that out immediately. Like, with Horizon, it was lights out, no distractions, headphones on for like 15 hours straight. And that's what I want Persona 5 to be. So you need like something just right there to, to kind of I need of to be immersed it. in these I got, I'm games. with you, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I, that's chat. definitely it. I don't party chat while I'm playing story-driven games, and that means that most of the time I don't party chat because I play mostly story-driven games. And, like, uh, when I was playing Destiny 2 and finishing up the last half of the campaign, I was doing it with Joe. Anytime a cutscene happened and Gaul was in it, everybody was muted. I went through and muted everybody. I was like, nobody's talking during this and ruining this dialogue for me. So, Well, that's why I love the gold headset. Anytime a cutscene started happening and y'all wouldn't shut the fuck up, I just... I don't think I had... Yeah, I don't think I had the gold headset I loved at that it. point. I loved it. I might have, but I'd, I'd never. I just, I just rocked the the party chat to where it is in the favor of the game. I couldn't hear y'all, and I'm like, good, I can hear. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I was still using the hyperclouds. Um, but anyways, uh, oh my gosh, I was trying to think. What? There was there was another game, and it's bothering me that I was using like that. I did not want to have any other distractions on for. It might have been me trying to do it with Final Fantasy 15. Maybe I'm not sure, but. Two more questions, and then we'll kind of just move on, which is actually the last question. It's kind of tying into some of the stuff we already were talking about. But Nate Lloyd, Mr. Scorpion Wild. Hey, buddy. Haven't heard from you in a while. Hope you're doing well. Uh, You both have been huge supporters of Hellblade. We absolutely have. Of the Game Awards, it is nominated for which do you think it has a real shot of winning? So I pulled up the website because I wanted to actually go through and make sure I got it right. I think it's like Performance of the Year for the actress who played uh, Sinua. Um, I think that it's in here... Get Horizon out of Best Narrative and put that in there. Okay, best Narrative has Hellblade. Keep it in there. <laughs> All right, so let's see. It's, it's down for Best Narrative. Keep these up. So, Best Narrative. I think it's Best Audio Design. Best, Yeah. And man, I tell you, yeah. what, a, what a category for it's, it. Audio Design is not the same as Soundtrack. In, best Performance. Season. No, they split them this year. That way, Sound Design specifically, because think about it. I, I like the uh, the score for Hellblade, but, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the same guy who played uh, in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Brian Bloom. Yeah, he looks super familiar. Yeah. But he looks just like his character in Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. He does, yeah. Reyes? Uh, yeah. That's his name. He's the no, main, I, he's the main I was, character. I was mad at... Um... So, hold on. In Games for Impact... I think that there's the four that it's done. I don't think that there's anything else it's it's for because the rest is mobile games and like weird uh, weird. Hey, is Animal Crossing? Um, I hope not, camp? considering it's been out for like a barely at all. Yeah, that's what I was for mobile games. About, it's yeah. not. It's what, not. Is, what is number one? Yeah, that's so, a fun game. Anyway, so of those four, like I'm torn games. specifically because I think that everything that's been nominated for it absolutely could win and i see it making sense i think yeah. games for impact I've, i was telling saul 100 i've seen a lot of people talking about mental illness specifically in a in a better fashion and more of a a cleaner light than they normally do and like actually talking about it in a non-negative uh sense and specifically talking about hellblade in the same sense to where in the same sentence that way that they're 
tying them together, and it helped a lot of people kind of get that together. Now, I think audio design is absolutely deserving. It, very few games make me put my headphones on and be like, holy crap, I have to have my headphones on. This is amazing. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things that game does. It has a great score, and there's a lot of music that that's like, you know, when you're rolling through it, the soundtrack does well. But the sound design and how it ties into the way this game plays narrative wise is essential. It is essential. Yeah. And, and that's why it's hard for me to want to split sound design and narrative because I think that they're so intricately combined in this game. Like they're, they're tied together. Right. And it's really hard to want to separate them from me because I do think the game had a very good narrative. Now, I talk about this game all the time and I know some people think I'm just kissing, but, but hey, I love the game. It is what it is. I have a hard time wanting to choose Hellblade over um, Near. Near, and that's specifically because I think Near's a little bit longer, has more weight and impact as you're kind of going throughout it, and it's more of it's it's a little bit. It combines this personal scale conflict and drama and like resolution. We're like, oh, okay, this is a one person or one group of people struggle, but then it also has like humanity as a whole and has a lot of existential stuff in it that actually makes you go through and kind of think about what's going on in the world. The effect that like what's going on in the robots there, like the game has more scope and scale. And I think how long it is and how much it twists and turns on its own head to where sometimes you're like, I can't believe that just happened. Uh, and it takes a lot of Japanese uh, role-playing game tropes and then flips them on their head. I just think that the narrative of that game as a whole had more impact on me, but I think in the short period of time that Hellblade was out, um, the Hellblade was you know a campaign seven hours, six hours, something like that. I think actually, no, I think I said it took me about eight to nine. So regardless, with that being said, I think it, it was a very good narrative, and I think that if it won, that I'd be okay with it. Um, definitely more for to me. There's only five games in that category. It definitely deserves narrative over every one of those games in that category to me. From what I have played, yes, because you play haven't played near, so yeah, you have no have clue. To play yeah, I'm, with you, I'm with you. Now, but, I do want to say the last one that we haven't design. talked about, the last one we haven't talked about yet, is best performance, and that's uh, Melina Jurgens or something like that. I can't remember her name exactly. Um, this was her first time performing in a game. She works for she works for Ninja Theory. Yeah, she was part. I mean, she ended up like I think there's an interview where she talks about she was there for like just testing everything out. And they ended up liking her and kind of just wanting to use her. Yeah. And they coached her through it and everything and kind of helped her get to a point where she could really do the performance. And I think she did a phenomenal job. I think... Certainly Now, so, of course, yeah. there's there's a lot less character interaction than in the other games. So her her performance is widely focused on her own, her own battles within herself. And they're very closed performance like you know it's all about what's going on with her and no one very else personal. you're not playing off other people very often yeah. a lot of times it's you know very uh, internal struggles uh, but it's shown in a physical manifestation throughout the game because that's kind of what the game's about so I think that for a lot of reasons in comparison to the other people that are there Laura Bailey Uncharted uh, Lost Legacy Claudia Black who is Chloe and Lost Legacy Laura are Bailey those, Nadine, are those that deserving uh, it was a great game and I think that they were good performances Aloy uh, for Ashley Birch, um, again, great game. Brian Bloom, I didn't play Wolfenstein 2, but I did not think his performance in Wolfenstein 1 was very worthy. Um, so I, did, I don't think... I don't think. Ashley, I have to say, I, I think in comparison to the competition, I actually see her winning. Yeah. I, I personally do. So, I mean, of the ones that I think it probably will win, I think it will likely win best performance. I hope it also wins best sound design. Yeah, because like Ashley Birch on there from Horizon, I, and Horizon it was had a, a good great story. It was a good performance, but it doesn't. I think it. Comes I don't know down if it, to the supporting cast wasn't as strong, and in ways it pulled her performance down. Yeah, 
because it was it was a single handed performance until towards the end, and then even then with those the the kind of returning characters almost in a yeah. sense it it was just kind of. It was okay. I mean, she had there's there's moments I really like in the game. Like whenever you go back and you visit your dad figure's grave, I yeah. can't remember his name off the top of my head. But and she has that really emotional scene where she's talking to him about everything that's happened. Uh, I actually really liked that scene. I thought that yeah. was really good. That's a, that's, um, that's right at the end of the game. I think too. she excelled when she was able to just kind of be herself. A lot of the other voice acting was fine, serviceable. Really, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't enough to pull me in any way. And I didn't feel like a lot of the what was going on was enough to pull me. So. I think as a performance, I just don't feel like that's, yeah, I really feel like that is the strongest performance of the people listening to this category. Yeah. Uh, the only one I don't know anything about specifically is um, Brian Bloom as, as Blasquitz in Wolfenstein yeah. 2, but I've seen him in Wolfenstein 1, and I can't imagine that his was performance... He, was he BJ in Wolfenstein 1? I'm fairly positive. I mean, the voice doesn't sound any different in Wolfenstein 2. No, yeah, not to me, and I played so, a, I platinumed uh, Wolfenstein I, 1. I, I have a hard time just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. See, yeah, out of that category for me between... I feel uh, like she's it. The, yeah, the Lost Legacy that I never played, and then um, the voice acting performance, and you know, Horizon's also kind of coupled by those weird facial animations at times. Not That's true, always, and I think but, that of course Nadine and Chloe they look amazing. I mean, there's a lot to be said about their playing off of each other and stuff, and it is a good story, it's a good performance. But I think that because Hellblade's focus is so about Stinua, right. and the way that the performances are really pulled around her face, and the way that they did the head rig. They do a lot of zoom-ins on her face. You could see a lot more emotion and expression. I feel like she goes through a wider range of emotion than you see the other people do in these right. other games. And I yeah. think that adds a lot to the performance. And because of the fact that it was dealing with something uh, with such societal weight as mental illness and, and doing such a good job at portraying that in a way that makes you feel like you understand what it is like for these people at least a little bit, that's enough to me. that It, it was powerful. See, I guess that's the best way to say it. it's a powerful performance. And my, whereas the rest of them are not powerful; they're just good performances. My whole opinion on that is that that the the last cutscene of the game after the final boss and everything that you have with Sinsua is more powerful than all of Horizon Dawn to me. I, I agree. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's, I actually it, agree. It, and it's the way she's looking at the camera, like well, the player, you the, know, the soft voice she's, for the first time really in the game, and then like she, you know, yeah. Then how how angry she is in that scene too. It's really good, but. It, it, it Horizon doesn't come close to me for that. So that's all. it. I think I think best performance, and best sound design are the closest. Th- those are the ones I feel like it will absolutely best win. narrative and best sound design for me. That 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 game as a narrative pulled me. Well, and I guess you you agree with me over performance though too. So well, yeah, it seems that, like yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm talking about just I, I, standalone. I honestly game. have a feeling that it could win in every single one of it. I, I have a really hard time with best audio design going to Destiny 2. There was never a single time in that game where I was like, oh yeah. I don't even think, and no, I'm wrong, there's a couple of cool moments in Destiny 2. I don't think the score deserves to be on there. Well, for me, no, the score is certainly good, especially during those couple of story missions. But is that, it award-winning good? Um, for the, the soundtrack, the, the it's up there, yeah. The only, the, really, the only moment that I could actually be like, that was a really good, powerful moment, and the score is what made it, right. is the beginning of the game, when, when you're, you're going through, when you've lost your powers. Yeah. That's about the only moment that had like a real impact on me. I was like, wow. Well, I like that that particular piece, and I'm, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the same piece, uh, but it's different parts, because I've listened to the soundtrack on YouTube, yeah. um, but it's at the very end when you're running on the rooftops to get to Gaul. Okay, that I see was, that. Yeah, see that, that, that was really yeah. cool. Too. That was actually pretty cool. Um, I don't know. So I guess we'll go ahead and just go into the last question we have here is from Mr. Steve. Bill. Oh yeah. Hey, Steve. Wait, did we just get that? Yeah. He, he, well, when we started oh, recording. Okay. Sorry about that, Steve. Oh yeah. We're good. We're good. The last question we have, uh, and it kind of goes into something we want to talk about anyway. Um, 
you know what? Before I do that, I, w- I want to say I have problems because I've talked about this with a couple of people. I have problems with the Game Awards as a whole. And so me and you loosely talked about this. So I kind of want to spend a moment on that. I have a problem with the way the Game Awards has actually structured this moment. I feel like there's a lot of games in there, like something that's been a lot of debate with a lot of, I've seen a lot of debate in it. Um, specifically is that for the game of the year, does uh, game of the year nominee player unknown battlegrounds in there. And that's a early, early access, access game. It's, it's, I mean, part of me understands why it's there. The game has done so well this year, but Fortnite is aping up on it and really getting to a point where it threatens to overtake it. Uh, this may be the only year that the game can get the recognition of it being a big deal. And it was a big deal when it first came out. It's calmed down a lot. People aren't talking about it near as much. Fortnite's done a good job. I just feel like of all the games on this list, it's the one that makes the least sense. Dude, this list sucks. Oh, there are so many better games than Breath of the Wild. Or, well, hold on. There are so many more games that could fit into Game of the Year category than Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, Unknown Battlegrounds, Persona 5, and Horizon. Now, I do want to say most of the most of the things only have five or six nominations. Right. So that's on that's specifically. Now, don't get me wrong. I can't say anything about Odyssey. I expected it because all Mario oh, games good. end up doing it. Breath of the Wild, I still feel like... To me, Breath of the Wild is a solid 8 out of 10, which is nothing to be ashamed of. We'll see. But I just don't see it being... And of course, that's everybody. There's people that I know I think Nier should be in there, but I know there's people that don't think Nier was very good. Well, and, I, and I'll leave my personal inputs for these games um, kind of Aside. unknown. Yeah, because if we do happen to do a Game of the Year award for ourselves or even a Game of the Year episode for us... We'll uh, delve into it a little more. Uh, yeah, I want to leave everything for that. But... There are better games of these, or there are games that are just as good as these top five. And in my opinion, I don't think Horizon belongs on that list. There are game. There, that's what really makes me. I feel like there should be about I, this year. I feel like there should be a list, which would be really hard to do every year, of best new IP. Because I think well, yeah. I think their stance for Horizon to be best new IP. Yeah, and see, my my whole thing is is that, and I and like I'm not trashing Horizon as a nominee. A I'm not saying game. it would win. It's a good game, but I yeah, think that it does deserve to be noticed as a, a big new IP. I think there maybe even should be an award. I don't I don't want to say this, but like the biggest change for a series. I don't know how you'd word it uh, for a developer, like. I think that there's a lot to be said about the fact that Horizon comes from a studio who has always made Killzone. Right. Yeah, they always made first-person shooters, and they took... And don't get me wrong, there's better open-world games and everything, but this, as a first take at an open-world game, it is really good. It performs it almost flawlessly. It's got uh, a good performance, good voice not acting. Not regular PS4 doesn't. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's a good parody. point. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I, um, I've, I had multiple frame rate drops in that game. Uh, and you know, I didn't, not I did not, not bad. But, like, not, you know, where it was just... I, can, I do remember happening that, that happening a lot. Or not... I keep saying a lot. You know, it happened often enough to have to be this noticeable. memory now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, but games like uh, like these five particular games, the same way, you know, Unknown Battlegrounds, get that off of there. Like, it's an early access. That's not an actual full-release game. That That's is not problem. a retail game. Get it out of there. It does not deserve to be on that list. It's the, it's honestly the only game on the list that I just can't make an argument for. Yeah, it's it's literally not a full video game yet. It's still early access, and you know I think they're releasing early. Was it early eighteen for Xbox? Later eighteen for PS4? Yeah, and I think then, it was supposed to be before the end of the year for Xbox, but they weren't able to hit that. Right? I would, and yeah, and see for me, I would argue, you know, there are 
like I'm trying to think through all the titles that I played through this year, especially earlier in the year, like Neo. Neo could be on that list. I, I may Neo have, was I may, very good. I may have, you know, and disagreed I think that's with another chance a couple of, of the boss stuff in the game, but that that really irks me. But um Neo is a very good game and I want to revisit that game one day. It's just it's it's a very well made video game. Um I'd be very you know what would be an interesting category too, most improved sequel. See, I'm blanking. Just kind of how we're going on the opposite. Well, like Gravity Rush Two, I feel like was was everything that Gravity Rush One was, but but better. I think that there's argument to be made that it's a very good improved sequel, regardless of how some people feel about Knack as a series and whole. I think Knack Two is a very good example of a sequel being much better than the first game. Um, there are some people who would argue that Watch Dogs Two is a much better sequel uh, than the first game was. Uh, I know that you feel differently about that, but it's. I mean, you know, there's reasons to be said. I think there's categories that just don't exist. It can only be so long, that's true, but I guess my other problem with the Game Awards as a whole is that they've taken it, it's, it's less and less about the games, and almost every year it starts to be about these weird other things. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it still has game culture in there, like it's eSports is part of it, that's cool. That's a yeah. part of gaming that I feel like does need to be talked about, and it doesn't get talked about often, um, at least in the, the big media. I think there's, big, there's people who follow it and it gets bigger every day, uh, but I don't like that there's kind of like a halftime show, and they're really worried about getting some band to play. I feel like it needs to be a little classier, and needs to be an event. I, honestly, I feel like they should take away reveals. I don't when I watch it, I don't want to be seeing games for the first time at the Game Awards. Wait, save wait, that, wait, save wait. that for a convention. When you watch the Game Awards, they oh have, yeah, like, worldwide. Uh, what is it? Um, um, I can't remember the wording they used. Uh, world like world premiere, uh, exclu- yeah. world uh, first first premiere or whatever. It's like exclu- exclusive first premiere. I just I don't like that. I think that that takes away from the spirit of what it is. A lot of people end up only watching it for the reveals and don't even care much about giving the developers their time of day. That's something I've seen people complain about on Facebook. It's like, whoa, why am I doing all this? I just you know, I, it's it's crazy. I, they're like, I, why don't I want to watch all that just to have what? Why is Final Fantasy 15 on the list? Why is it on the list at all? Yes, it released after the date uh, for last year. It's not a it's not a oh. solid 2017 2018 cap. Oh boy! Uh, Final Fantasy 15 released too late to be a contender for the first game. Right for, yeah, the fir- for last release, year's. I mean, for November. last year's. Did yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So it did. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because um, I'm going through here and looking at the thing that the list. I haven't seen Rhyme on here, which is a good game. I feel like there's plenty of games that are just missing out, but I mean, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I feel like I already have problems with nominations. I feel like a lot of these things, and I don't know where they get their nominations from if people write in to determine, like, you know, or they just kind of follow. I've heard Ryan say a sentiment that I actually think is probably not all that wrong, which is that they just see what's been trending on uh, Twitter, and then they just kind of make it, okay, well, we're going to say that these games are for that. Speaking of this show getting too big for its britches, um, let's let's go ahead with the most anticipated game presented by McCafe. Yes, McDonald's Cafe sponsors the most anticipated game. They need that money to pay these bands to pay to play in the middle of this crap, or not have it all. Like just you know, that's uh, that's my biggest thing. I Come feel on, like, Jeff. Like seriously, Mr. Keegley isn't he the main person behind all this? Like he's yeah. the president of this. He, and he, he, he has he's all the control. All this. I don't. I don't like it. It's too big of a show. I it's, love. No, I love Jeff though. Like Jeff is a great person. He seems to be. I have. Don't wrong. I have no real problem with him. He seems to be very. Ryan does not like him very much. We we've, over a game of division. We were talking about that. He said he just kind of seems braggadocious. Like kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He I does. Can, I, can, he I can does. agree with that. He but likes. He seems he, genuine, which is why I like him so much. 
I mean, but, no, I'll give you that. I, I don't have problems with him. I just, I have a problem with the way this show has continued to evolve to a point where I feel like it's less and less about the games every year, and it gets to be more and more like this weird Super Bowl halftime show the whole time, and they just occasionally throw awards out. Well, and there's so much more in best performance that could be in there than those five people, too. Like, I'm just, it's weird seeing nothing but these, like, is it every, is it the five of every top category or something? I don't know. I don't know how they went about doing it. It's just, it's a problem I've had. I feel like, there's much better ways to give awards a game. Like I think the Dice Game Awards are more classy and just nicer, more elegant. Uh, I don't think I've ever watched A little those. more focused. I mean, they're they're more closed off because they're not an event. He makes yeah. this an event, and he's like, you're going to see bands and reveals. Don't give me reveals. I just want the developers to have a night where they're thanked, thanked for the work that they've done and yeah. that they are, you know, people look at them and go, hey, this is your achievement. Even being nominated is an achievement, and I'm proud of every one of these people being nominated. Of course, I just I I feel like it's it's gotten too uncontrolled, and I just I don't agree with it. But yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna kind of end it at that for me. But I am really curious as to where they get their nominees from. Like I wonder what that, that's a big deal for me of too. Games are these nominees coming from? Because uh, if you go through there, like uh, alt tab back over to there because almost her, her, Horizon. Oh, you can get that tie back because I, I want to make sure I'm right because and I just didn't cherry pick with my eyes, but I'm 99% sure that Horizon was in almost every single one of these. No, not in every one of them, but it's in a lot of them. Okay, so yeah. It's like you see the same games pop up in a lot of categories, which I mean, right. I guess, you know, you're saying, oh, hey, it's good, like best art best direction, which two. I actually will agree. It's a pretty game. Yeah. Best narrative, it's in there. Three. Uh, best art direction, it's in there. Four. Best score is not there. Uh, sound design is not there which either. Which is surprising. Uh Best performance wow. is she's in there. Games for Impact is not. That's pretty much it. Those are the main five ones for them. See, that's what I'm saying. Like the way it's broken up is just weird to me. But saw. Yeah, I'm just. I'm really curious as to where they get these nominees from, and um, it's just they give us the user potential to vote for these things, which is great. I think that that should always be a staple of the show. I feel like the user potential to uh, determine what's on there. I feel like it should be an open poll. That's what I'm saying. You go in there should, and like, you write in should, what game you want. And even if it's be, a game that wasn't talked about bigly throughout media outlets, you know, for gaming, like, which don't be wrong, most games, if they're big and if, if people like them enough, then they get on there. But, you know, there could be these weird little underdog games that end up rising up where a lot of people vote, a lot of people vote for it to be a nominee. And it surprises people. Yeah. And you know? see, um, like, it would be cool that if the nominees were user-driven, too. Yeah. I'm really And I'm curious. not going to say that they're not. I don't yeah, know they, they might be. To know, they so. very well might be, but I don't remember seeing... And, and I used to keep up on this show constantly back in the day. I, did, I don't remember in any memory that I have of being able to pick the nominees. Yeah, I mean, me either, so... So I think you've it's, always been pick the I think there's like a win. judge panel that kind of determines what games are going to go up, but I'm not quite sure about that. Because yeah, like, but Mr. Steve Bitto, since I kind of threw him to the side a second ago, I'm going to pull him back over. Uh, he says PSX predictions, which we already kind of want to talk about. Which city would make a better home to PSX? What games do you want to play at PSX? Is this your first PSX? Are you a fan of panels? If so, what makes a great panel? Favorite Sony executives, past, present. What announcements could bring the house down? Okay, so first thing I want to say for some people, like we mentioned, uh, there's not going to be an official showcase. It's not they're not calling it a showcase. It's not this big deal like it was last year. It's not going to be near Which as big nuts. as last year's. They're moving into Friday. It's going to be like a I can't remember what they're actually calling it, PlayStation Presents or something. They're going to talk about a couple of things. Like we're going to see dreams. I think that there's plans to see Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Ghost of Tsushima a little bit more. I think we're going to see actual gameplay, but it's going to be much more scaled down. There's not probably going to be any announcements. If so, very few. And it's going to be a much scaled down. Uh, it's just it's way different. Uh, it's a little unfortunate. They say that this comes off of feedback that they got from E3, 
Uh, and I'm not sure what it is. I mean, I, I, they didn't go into full in detail of what that is, but they act like this is them listening to what people want. And maybe it's that they couldn't give the PSX that people wanted. So instead of making a big deal, but having it full of things that people didn't want, they wanted to scale it back. Right. I'm, I'm not sure. It's such um, a weird, a weird setup. But I'm going to start off. Uh, I'm going to leave predictions to the side for now. Which yeah. city would make a better home to PSX? Dallas. I. That's <laughs> close. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm serious. So Dallas is huge. It, so, it is. But here's, a, here's one of the biggest things. Convention center sizes. One of the biggest convention centers, and they keep adding it on to it. And part of the reason it, it being is that video game culture is so over there. Uh, the Where they use it right now is the Anaheim Convention Center. That's the same convention yeah. center that BlizzCon's at. BlizzCon is huge. Yeah, that's true. And they've added on a new wing specifically to be able to house, make like, enough room for BlizzCon. That's nuts. So it's big, and it gives them the show floor. Like, so that they need. So you're saying California still? I, I, I think it's perfect where it's at okay. because they've, they hopped around a little bit and then they've been here pretty consistently. And I think it's because this is the best place for it. Uh, I honestly do agree with that. This is not my first PSX. I have been to PSX. Saul sadly did not end up getting to go. Had to get a refund on his ticket. Um, Sad days every day. One of those, one of those problems. It sucks. That's what, you know, we're, we're not, we don't get paid to do this. Sadly, he has work. Is. He has things he has to do. Um, he has family obligations the, the, this coming weekend. So he can't take a second weekend off. Yeah. I understand it, it's life, you know? Um, so it's not my first PSX. I am a fan of panels. Saul, have you ever watched any of the panels? A PSX? You know, for, from any, you know, panels pretty much are at any convention. Yeah. So do you watch like, uh, the, uh, the last of us two panels, yeah. stuff like that. So do you like them? They're, yeah, they're okay. Um, they're they're a little. They're not. I wouldn't say boring, but a little dull. Which is, okay, is it because I mean they're very professional. Yeah, that's and that's, I'm okay. Well, I say professional. They have a lounging element to them, right? But they're but still they're, professional. They're uptight in a yeah. way. Yeah. I, mean, I won't say uptight, but they're focused and driven. And I would say I would say that they're comfortable, but they're still uptight. They're lounging, but they're. I guess I think I think uptight's kind of a negative connotation. Are you meaning it in a negative connotation? No. So I, you're just saying professional. I guess so. Yeah, and then, uh, it's it's so structured and pieced together that instead of business, it's, it's not it's not business casual. It's just business. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Well, but still, I get what you're saying. So, in, in your opinion, then, what makes a great panel of the panels you've seen? What are your favorites that you can remember, the, the, and what would make them even better? I would say just any panel in which the host is actively. And I know that some of these are not scripted, but they're going through a structure or a spine of the show. Yeah, and they, they have, have to, they have questions that yeah. are because they they have to control a little bit. They want to talk about things that people are going to want to hear about, but people may not naturally get them to those. And sometimes it's they only have so much they're allowed to talk about, right? Depending um, on if it's about a game that's pre-released or that's not released but just got announced. Yeah. Uh, and then there's some panels Cause, cause that are about like retrospect. Yeah, so, and about the past and, uh, and questions they can answer and. Things they've learned. Um, one of my favorite things about any kind of panel is in which the host of the panel are speaking out with the people, with the audience, and that they aren't afraid to uh, kind of get deep and dirty with the uh, any of the questions. Like they, they, they sometimes even ask questions they know are, are most likely not going to be able to be answered, but they yeah, still push. Yeah, and I've it, seen it's that. Funny, and I like that too. And, and it's fun to see, you know, the the host of the panel. They'll somebody will ask them something like. You know, is Ellie dead in Last of Us Two? And then they'll, you know, if they have a smart remark back to it or something. That's that's what makes panels so fun a, for me. Yeah, a good a host, good question. a lively yeah, host, a lively and and um, just almost not funny or comedic, but just a fun host. Yeah, a fun host. There we yeah, go. Yeah, because there's, there's very there's, there's very professional hosts where they're doing their job right. Yeah, but you don't you don't necessarily enjoy them, but you still enjoy the panel because of the information, but you don't enjoy them as a host. 
necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, and I'll, I'll enjoy them as a person, and like I understand that they're fine people. Yeah, it's just sometimes in which the 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 panel goes is that it's it's dull. It's it's almost where I would rather watch a recap of the whole entire thing. Uh, with the panel, yeah, extent. with like the highlights of it, you have questions answered and stuff, okay. or um, uh, you know, watch them individual. Um, but as far as favorite panel goes, I don't really have one. <laughs> like, I really? don't really go back to. Did a you watch? Panel uh, did you watch the Kojima panel where he talked to Greg about Greg? Yeah, Greg Miller. Uh, did you like that one? I mean, it was fine. Uh, it language, went on, language language barrier, barrier. Is a huge deal. Uh, it went on too long too. Um, a lot of Greg's questions could be picked out and had were not filler questions uh, to insult Greg or anything, but they were questions that that I myself did not like, so I did not find them. You know, but I, w- I would say that that is a really good panel. One, one really last panel good. question: Did you happen to watch the panel about the future of uh, of including uh, inclusiveness in games and making game like a more broad thing for more people to enjoy. Did you watch that? Had like uh, five people had the um, media molecule people had the people who did until dawn. So it was super massive. Had somebody from, from super. That massive. was last year though, wasn't no, it? No, this year. Uh, PSA. I mean, uh, Paris games week. PG, uh, PG. Oh, okay. Panel. So just, a, just and it had, it had uh, Luke, whatever from Bungie. Yeah. Uh, he was there and uh, Shuhei Yoshida was there. It was, it was me. an interesting thing. Um, that sounds like a big old Marriott of people, though. That's cool. That's it was it was cool. cool, and they were talking about like things they've seen over and like ways that they can help make game more like accessible. I can't his name now. So you said you said Luke from Bungie. I can't think of his last name. I can't remember it either. But I, I, I fish, but that is not his last <laughs> name. But yeah, that that's a really good question because that really has me kind of rolling back panels through my mind. Um, Rooster Teeth has had really good panels in the past. I can't say this now because I'm so not. So you're thinking more from like a fun panel, less informative. Because there are panels. Well, that I mean, are, no, like, you know, there like, are panels that are not that are meant to that are be meant goofy. to be, and there are panels that are meant to be informative yeah. too, and not meant to be goofy. Yeah, but I'm I just like kind of going through any panel I've ever watched, and I'm like, because I've never really thought of panels that way of like highlight reels of any kind or, or you know favorites. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's a really good answer, Steve. Yeah, I, that's a really I mean, good, I, good question. That's question, a really good yeah. question. I think. I mean, I like panels. I think I'm big, but I'm also I'm a big fan of listening to developer input and like developer experience like i like oh no hearing yeah, what they wrong. say so i really like informative panels and I, I get that sometimes they can be boring but for the most part like i really like hearing uh neil talk about like the last of us 2 yeah and actually talk about like what drove him to want it and i liked hearing specifically like i also like hearing the voice actors because in my mind like the voice actors uh so when it's, it's when it's specifically about a game like hearing uh, troy baker and ashley talk about uh Joel and Ellie and like kind of what it meant to come back to these characters and like what these characters mean to them and that their input really matters and what these characters do and don't do. It was really, it was eye opening and really fun. I feel like getting to peel back the layers of kind of what goes on behind the scenes in development is fun. Yeah. But Luke uh, Smith, Luke Smith, I had to Google that. Um, but the uh, last year's panel, um, for, uh, a lot of just playing. What are you talking about? Last of us. Yeah. Um, that was when they first revealed uh, the 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 trailer, right? Or was yes. it two years ago? No, that was the first, that was last year. PSX. See, they revealed the trailer, it, and then they it had very the- well could have been because I was waiting for the trailer. I was not paying attention to that panel at all. I was waiting. for Well, the- no, they revealed the trailer no. during the sh- during the actual showcase. It was the very last thing they did. Okay, and then maybe, the panel happened later, but they showed that's parts right, of it. That's right with Neil and everybody sitting up on stage. Yeah, yeah. Neil and his long ass hair. Yeah, love it. So, I don't know. I like panels. I think they're a cool thing. Uh, what makes so. a great panel is this being able to. I, if, if for me, informative. But like Saul says, depending on how it is, if the host can have a little bit of fun and not yeah, be too the tense, host, it's fun. The host have to be entertaining to me. Yeah, um, they have to like if it's uh, information's good and all, but that's stuff I'll read the next day um, and in pieces, which 
Uh, I won't have everything at once. Favorite Sony executive, past or present? Andrew House. Really? I yep. don't. I actually liked Andrew House. Uh, I love Shuhei. Shuhei is good too. I love Shuhei I, partially uh, because sometimes the language barrier makes him even funnier to um, me. Sean. Uh, Sean Layden? Jay Layden. Almost, uh, yeah. It's great, funny. Great E3 host. Dude, I'm him every you, year. I, every single year. I was like cautiously him. like, eh, about him at first. No. When they announced him. because well, when, they, when they announced like, it. Like, was it three when, years when ago? When Jack Tretton said he was leaving. I, how, how long has it been now? It, it sounds funny. It's been three or four years. Three, three, it four it was years. right after PS... It was the first E3 after PS4 launched, I think. Which is the first... P, uh, no. It was 2014, I think, was the first time that Sean Layden was That was the, the one I watched with you here. Pretty, yes. Yes, and it had Fallout 3, yes. uh, no, Bethesda and stuff, but yeah. you know, yeah, that was the E7 E3, okay. Or, no, yeah. actually, I think that was 2015's E3. It was. Gotcha. Okay, but that regardless, makes sense. But he, yeah. He's a very good host. I like him a lot. He is. Um, he, he's an entertaining person. He, he knows when to start and stop, even though this year, you know, he I like how have, he changes. Like, at PSX, he's always way more casual. Yeah. And then at and E3, he's, he's a little more businessy and dressed. And looks nice. I feel like he floats uh, He floats really well. I liked Jack Tretton. I don't know what it was. I think he was just, he was really good in front of a camera. Yeah, he, he had a really, really good on-air personality, I think. Yeah, uh, now, but that, that doesn't mean that he didn't, he didn't necessarily feel like he was a gamer, though. In ways, that's a, that's one of the things I like about Sean is he feels a little he, more energetic and tied to what's going on. Yeah, uh, but Jack was just a good personality. I really liked him. I'm not saying he wasn't a gamer. It's just he didn't come off as one. See, instantly. If you were to compare them both, it seems like Jack would need a rundown of what he's presenting before to to kind of feel more. Maybe I don't know. Familiar he's, with he's it. He's definitely he's in the he's in the. I, I just feel like. The, the, the things that they brought are just different. He was a really good professional in front of the camera person. I feel like he always did a good job of rolling with whatever punches were happening at E3, even if they were negative. He just kind of rolled with it and did it fine. Yeah. Uh, I, but I feel like the way that Sony streamlined E3 and, and the way that Sean Layden, he interacts with the crowds, I feel like that's a, they and have Sean a really Layden, good mix right now. Yeah, he is but she's really always good. fun. And now, Shu, too. Don't, let, don't get me wrong. Shuhai is there. Shuhei. Shuhei. I always say Shuhai. Don't know why. Never have gotten it over there. Um, even even with the the ending part of the old, um, oh my gosh, P.S. I love you, singing with Shuhei. I used to say that. Oh my singing, lord! Like they would literally say singing with Shuhei, and I'm like, oh yeah, singing with Shuhei. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that when you first when you first pronounce it, you can't get over the pronunciation that you have. Wrong. I got you. Like I, got I still you. call Suicune from Pokemon sometimes Suicune. Just because that's how I pronounced it when I was like 11, whenever Gold and Silver came out. Dude, you caught Suicween yet? Yeah, Suicween. Ask Seth, dude. I'm telling you, ask. go up to Seth tomorrow and be like, hey, man, you, have you ever seen Suicween? He'd be like, Who? oh, <laughs> guarantee it. Guarantee it. But, um, but yeah, uh, Andrew House always seemed genuine of a dude. He always did. I'll give him that. Always seemed to care about He Sony. was very business-oriented, but he, but he seemed like he was cool and down to earth. Yeah, you know, I'll give and, him that. And I could fall asleep to that man's voice. Yeah, I'm going to go was, off a whole different route, though. Technically not a Sony executive, but one of my probably favorite memories of just Sony in general, and I really thought it was a good E3 that they did this. Do you remember? And I can't... Uh, hold on, hold on. Oh, man. What were you bringing up? Like, what was the event? Or, I know the guy's name. It's killing me right now. Well, don't. don't it, it was let, the commercials that they used to have. Uh, oh, yeah. You're talking about, uh, like, the PS3 style commercials when it was the really energetic uh, older man. He's probably around 50s. Yeah, and they yeah. ended up firing due, him due to some contract breach because he was Wasn't his name Andrew something, too? No. Hold on. Just type in PS3 commercials, and it'll pop up. Guaranteed. Uh, I love him, But, man. yeah, dude, he was really. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that word, commercial. But um, the baby one. Oh, but yeah, yeah the uh, he was really good too, as, as the kind of the Terry Crews of Old Spice to to him as a PlayStation. He was a really good spokesman for that kind of matter. 
Um, but because he had. That's him. No, yeah, I know. I who think he is. is it Adam or something? Hold on. I thought it was Andrew. It might be Adam. I have to find it, but I loved him. I loved him. I, I, up until now, I knew his name. I don't know why it's killing me right now. Because we uh, just all of a sudden started talking about it. He, he, he's always reminded me. Uh, he, he dude, his energy and how like he was so funny. Yeah. He just, I, those are some of my favorite commercials they've done. But that E3 that he came out and gave the gamer speech. Oh, it was yeah. so good. So scripted, but so good. <laughs> no, 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 super scripted, but it was just so good. And that's probably one of the most fun E3s that I feel like PlayStation's ever had. It was just he, like uh, jovial and like, I, I, it was very out he, there. But he, he reminds me of the old school Crash. Oh, his, his, is his name Kevin? I don't think so. Kevin that, Butler. Is it? Okay, I, that does not sound right to me at I, all. I don't know why I can't remember because it makes me think of those old Domino commercials. It's like, it'll grow in, Kevin. I don't know. I don't remember that either. But I was thinking the about Oreo old. commercials where they eat, and then every time they take, every time the camera pans away and comes back, he's got more of an Oreo beard. And the, and the kid, the uh, teenager, Domino's commercial yes, when they used to have Oreo pizza. But continue on. Ugh. But anyways, um, but yeah, uh, it was he, dessert pizza, by the way. It wasn't. Uh, like, I, I know, I know, I know. I just still that's really but Kevin stuff. Butler. I loved him, dude. He was just so was, funny. I thought it was Andrew again. And when then when you said uh, the other name that started the A, I can't think what it was called. Adam. Adam. Um, I was like that may be right. But he he's always reminded me of that same energy from classic cr- uh, Crash commercials. Huh, yeah, with a uh, Crash out there um, standing with the 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 microphone or what is yeah, it called megaphone. megaphone. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are fun. But what was so the last one is going to be PSX predictions slash what announcement could bring to the house. I've already said I don't really think I don't know if you saw the rumors going on that Devil May Cry Five and Soul Calibur Six were supposed no, to be PSX do, reveals. Do not care about Soul Calibur Six. Give me some Devil May Cry Five. That is what I want to. Did see you see the new rumor there. where apparently it's not going to be ready for PSX, but it is it is happening. It's, it's a rumor still. Well, wasn't it the 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 voice actor for Virgil? I don't commented on it. Somebody I don't remember that, it, but I, I think it was the voice actor. There's for been rumors going on that it was supposed to be at PSX as a big announcement. Maybe with PSX scaling back, they're moving it to something else. Um, but well, it was, if it does happen, is that your Megaton announcement? Bloodborne Two. I actually still. I actually hope that happens. I just don't seen, think it's going to. I've seen so many people want it that it just it needs to be wanted into existence. But do you feel like that's a PSX scaled? Uh, do you feel like that's a, that's a scaled down PSX announcement, or do you feel like that's a next year E3 announcement? That would be. You know what? I don't know. It took a chance in the first time. You know, the first Bra- Bloodborne games. I'm trying to think. What was the difference of time between Dark Souls One and Dark Souls Two? Like four years? No, three years. Yeah, it, two it was or, not. Two it wasn't two years. Two or three. Google that for me, real quick. Fact check me. I want to say it's three or four years, and I want to say four. Um, and I could be wrong, but uh, Dark Souls Two came out in fourteen. I do remember that. Yeah, I, I, we were. You know, not too long after release, I got the collector's edition. But um, maybe like not even a year after release. Dark Souls one was because Demon Souls was two thousand ten, so Dark Souls, Dark Souls two thousand eleven. Okay, so three years. Let me double check. Bloodborne has Souls. been out for three years. Demon Souls was two thousand ten in America, I think. Uh, it was initially released in Japan. Uh, in no, 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 no. They they had to have come out two thousand nine. Let's look in America. I thought it did. Uh, North America, October 6, 2009. So just late that year. Yeah, because Seth yeah. had it. And I remember that was the year I graduated high school. And, and he like, bought that I remember new slim he, one. Yeah, and he, he, was, he was in the room when he was off at his... Uh, what was his first job? Oh, yeah, Lifeway. Yep. He was off at Lifeway. I'd, I'd play it. And that's where I got to play Demon Souls for the first time. I didn't play it long, but I did play it. Um, But... Yeah, so let me think here. So Bloodborne Two would Bloodborne, bring down the house, but you you'd be Bloodborne Two perfectly would bring happy down the house. I'm gonna call it again the same way I I wanted to call um, Ninja Theory. Hey, hey, I mean, 
Uh, Sucker Punch. What? Oh, uh, oh yeah, I got. I you. said Ninja Theory because the game. Yeah, it's yeah. Hellblade, but all that stuff too. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, if they, uh, I don't care when it is when they announce Bloodborne two, we go see them nips, boy. <laughs> yeah, I don't care where it goes. Ha- hashtag free I the nips. Sh- I already showed my if, nips. If it happens on, on the day when we're when we're not recording or anything and we're not doing a live stream with it or whatever, I'm not gonna take my picture. You take a picture of your nipple on, and no, you put it on Twitter. No, that's no. Saul, so you hurt me. Uh, you hurt me with your words. But. You got my nips on the E3 stream. If you guys haven't seen that, go check it out. It's hilarious. Um, Didn't but, we cut it out? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think so. I thought like towards the end, we I was like, I'm happy enough. You know, I'm easy of a person. Here's my nips. Yeah. But yeah, Bloodborne, I was going to make the same call with uh, Ghost of um, Tsushima. Tsushima, yeah. Uh, and say that Ghost of Tsushima would be a PS Harris Games Week. And then they would drop. Uh, that way it wouldn't take too much away from Last of Us, which Last of Us still had a trailer. I still, yeah, I still am mad people think that's Ellie in the trailer. So let's get that out of the way. I've seen too many people claim that's Ellie. That is. Have you seen people say it's Ellie's mom? I have seen that. I don't I don't think that's the case either. Well, but like, it would that, be that scene's happening in the past. The only Has reason that been confirmed? Nobody knows. No, okay. Nobody knows. See, but I could see this much. I think it's weird enough that the little the I don't sound insensitive, but the, the Asian ish kid is saying demons. It could be because of a culture difference, or it could be that it's so early in the mo- in in the happening that they don't know what else to call them. Like they, they don't, yeah, that, but I don't know because they call them the affected normally, right? No, they call them clickers. So, but that came from the sound they make. So I don't know. It's hard to say. But if that, but if that did happen in the past, that's cool. But that would have not. I'm trying to think of the timeline here. Last of Us. I don't think that would be possible though, because Ellie was 11 in Last of Us One, right? Yeah, something like that. 14. Roughly, 11, yeah, roughly around like that. that age. What was the year gap? Seven years in between? No. No, I'm not going to say any spoilers. Was it 20? Okay, never mind then. I thought it was a shorter a gap between the very beginning of the Last of Us into the the next hour. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything in between that gap because if you never have played Last of Us, literally can go pick up the remaster for like $10. Go do it. Go play it. Um, but, okay, so 20 years. That makes sense. Um, I was going to say that if it's been seven years, then there's no absolute way that could be her mom because of the weird seven-year-old or 11-year-old child yeah, yeah. being there. You know, seven years. Um, but no, because you got to remember, Ellie was born into the world. She never knew what it was like before. We are treading, and I, I know it's a like a five-year-old game. Well, hold on, I'm, I'm not treading. I'm telling you right now that she's eleven, and they, there was a twenty-year gap in between the first moment of outbreak. No, 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 no. Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. I thought you were about to say something else. So no, she I was mean, born into the world, and then was, I thought you're going to give a benefit. She has. no, no, just saying. But, like in general, she was born into the world. She never knew what it was like before the the outbreak. How old is that game? 2013. Yeah, came out August four years ago. 2013. I remember the day that game came out. Me, you, and Seth. Or July, were, one of the two. We were at Walmart buying Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Something. But I don't know. I I, I feel like there's not going to be any announcements. I mean, I, honestly, I'm just happy enough knowing that Dreams is going to be there and seeing. My hope is that we actually see, and like my prediction is that we we see what Dreams actually is. We get explained more of how it and why it's a game, and then we get uh, a release window. And if, yeah. we, if we do not get those things, then I, I have to drop dreams. And I, it, dreams is something I'm interested about, but this will like it's, I, it's like a morbid forgotten. curiosity to the point where I just literally want to see if it's even coming at this point. Which apparently it is, obviously. Yeah. But I'm I telling you, if they if if they do not give a release window and show more about the game, and really preferably a release date. If they don't do that, then people are going to start chalking this up as the next Last Guardian. I mean, I, I look, I love Media Molecule, but cool, but um. Like, I think we're a little you, different though because have you ever have you really had a reverence for the Little Big Planet games? 
A little bit, yeah. I mean, um, I absolutely love those games. See, I don't, Some I don't of my favorite times ever have been Little Big Planet 2, and then definitely, and this wasn't Media Molecule, to be fair, but Little Big Planet Vita was a great game. Yeah. Little Big Planet I mean, 1 and 2, I have a lot of fond memories of. No, I dude, mean, I, I very, really, very good game. I appreciate the series for what it is. And Tearaway uh, was a really interesting and, game. I think that Tearaway is a very underrated Annie game. Annie is still addicted to that game. Like, she still has been playing that game in spurts. On the PS4? On the PS4, yeah. Um, Unfolded, I think, is what that yeah. one's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I love that studio because they're so. They're they're really original, imaginative. And, 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 yeah, and they're really imaginative. And I've already forgotten about dreams once. <laughs> I if I like if it's not like solid concrete release date or solid concrete gameplay or mechanics or something like if it's a rhythm game, oh my god, I hope it's a, I hope it's a rhythm game. I really do. They've It'd already said. I mean, it's going to be a game where you make your own games. To an extent, so right. it has some DNA of Little Big Planet in it. No, well, yeah, and people say Sound Shapes is a rhythm game, which I can see that uh, for about half the game because the other half, the challenge mode or whatever, not really, but can see. Um, but I would love to see Media Molecule make a rhythm game, a rhythm platformer style of Little Big Planet. That'd be interesting. That's my dream for them, and um, I want rhythm because I can just imagine the soundtracks that Little Big Planet has and stuff. Their own music composition into a rhythm game would be amazing. Well, they they use a lot of in Little Big Planet. They used a lot of licensed music. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. All, so all of the little tunes. I'm in the not going to say none of it was original, but they used a lot of licensed. So music. like all the tunes in the background and stuff, and all like little sound effects. Yeah, like, that's all licensed. Yeah, that's not made by them. No, who's who? Who did that come from? It's European stuff. I mean, that's that's actually UK stuff. I mean, they're they're UK based. Yeah, so I've actually heard of it. I'm pretty sure I've heard that exact song that I was just doing on like a. Peppa Pig or something. One of those. Weird. Oh, or maybe maybe it was the Hive. All the child shows that my daughter loves. See, I, I spent a summer spending uh, nights on and off at my friend's house, and um, he used to have Little Big Planet two for PS three. I'm pretty sure is, is what it was. Maybe it was one, but uh, we would spend a lot of time trying to create levels, and we would spend more time trying to do screw each other over while playing the game. So that was slapping each other. It. So fun. Just everything in that oh, game. Man. Um, but I'm really shocked right hey, now that parts of that soundtrack did not come Little Big Planet 3 is, is a sequel that just did not live up to the rest of the series. Dude, I remember... Even who, though I liked who, it. Who bought that game? Me. For Thanksgiving. Yeah. When we did Friendsgiving, I mean. At, I remember uh, we played that game for like 20 minutes and stopped and watched it off Park or something. Yeah. It was okay. It's just because it didn't leave... Like, everybody was not bored with it, but... It was yeah. weird. I don't know. It was it was a Lost big change. Interest. It was a big change for the series, which I guess they had to be bold enough to try and make that change. But was there a PSP Little Big Planet? Yes, there was. I wonder if Seth had that or if probably I had that only had two layers instead of three. Yeah, I think Seth had that, or I had it installed on the hacked PSP. Probably, but Saul, is there any other predictions that you have for PSX? Because I feel like it's really nope. toned down. Give me Bloodborne. Um, the realistic prediction, though, and the realistic want is Devil May Cry Five. Uh, I'm actually going to pick up Devil May Cry 4 soon. Okay. I play through that because Devil May Cry 4, people I, shun I, it, I, love the game. I, I want to give it another try. If you if you buy it, let me borrow it because, you know, I didn't like it when it first came out either. So, what are you aiming it at me for? <laughs> no, I'm just doing that because I, you can't borrow a digital game. No, you're buying it digital. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. It's all fine. I'll buy it myself. But Saul, I think that is all. This actually ended up being a pretty long episode. Hour An and hour half. and a half? Yeah, man. We just talked and talked and talked. So sorry if you didn't Time like it. But fast. hey, if you did yeah. like it, we answered a bunch of your questions. And uh, talked about some stuff we were already going to talk about. So until next week, just don't be uh, mad at which is another opinions. short, weird episode uh, whenever Saul's back and before we go to PSX, 
Tune in next week for another odd episode. But then we'll be back to normal when we come back to what? Uh, I guess that'll be, that'll be episode 38. will be our normal again. Yeah, because 37 will be the last one. Yeah, so episode 38 will be a normal episode. But hey, thanks for joining us. And like I said, if you want to follow us on Twitter and you have a Twitter and you don't do it yet, we are Triangle SQRD. Uh, and you can email any questions you'd ever like also to us if you don't prefer that. Uh, to triangle squared podcast at gmail.com and don't of forget course, our discord <laughs> oh hey yeah thanks so you can discord you, you ran that you go ahead and talk about yeah that. so for you guys that want to have a easy way to chat with us and hang out with us and you know we've been enjoying it we were doing joe dirt quotes last line in it so it's just it's really chill it's not so much centered around the podcast but more just centered around hanging out um, we're talking about Xenoblade 2 in there. We're talking about all kinds of weird things in there. So, uh, and I do mean weird things. I'm not going <laughs> to say it on air because you got to come join the Discord and hang out with this. But it's super fun. Exclusive. Uh, it's basically like a chat room. And I use it as basically a big old group texting service that I can and c- sure. talk to all you guys with. Yeah, it's having really to get fun. on my phone number. So, it's fun for that. But uh, you guys, this has been episode 36. Triangle Squared. Thank you. Thank you. 